0: Hello and welcome to the Good Rover Andy's Season Nine, Episode Four. My name's Andy Balam and this is Andy Cockerill, and we've got something quite special for you today, listener. We've, uh,
1: again, we've got we've got
0: oh, a guest. We are going we're going to address that. Aren't we? Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> we've got a guest who's from a podcast that has listeners, uh, making mm. it making her unique um, in this in this podcast. Um, so say hello, Hannah Dunleavy. Hello. Hello, tell us a little bit about these podcasts you have with these these listener things.
1: Yeah, well, yes, um, I I actually make a living doing podcasts, which is why we're recording this for the second time, because I forgot to press play the first time. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I'm obviously a massive authority. Everybody <laughs> should take everything that I say about podcasting really seriously. She <laughs> checks again that she's recording for the 400th time. Um yeah, I, I do a couple of podcasts, three. In fact, I have three podcasts. My first sort of main job is I work for Sarah Millican, the comedian, and I present and produce her podcast, which is Standard Issue, which is a podcast that focuses largely on rights, um, women's rights issues and women working in the arts and the promotion of women in the arts. I mean, we cover all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff, news which has been kind of a depressing yep. bunch of things recently. But yeah. Um, I also make a podcast called The Drink, which is... Uh, I did one series of that. We'll go back to it at some point. Which is a podcast where I just talk to someone about what they drink and how much they drink and whether they drink and where they drink and what, what, <laughs> in what situations they drink. Why they I drink. I mean, there is like... Yeah, well, exactly that. And there's a sort of... I think it's a serious point to it because my, my dad was an alcoholic, so I'm interested in, like... How, that's undoubtedly affected my relationship with alcohol so mm-hmm. i'm interested in what other things in people's lives like you know their job or their religion or their upbringing or things like that affect um their drinking and what they drink and then i also make a tv podcast with my friend the t- the writer paul kirkley about television series that one of us has watched and really liked and the other one's never got around to watching and we forced them to watch it and I'm currently forcing them to watch Band of Brothers. I mean, which that is not before. a chore.
2: It's not it's a not. chore. <laughs> no. It's not
1: at all. <laughs> and we've we like something, we've had a couple of actors from it on there. We've had um, some historians explaining us some stuff on it. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's funny, uh, but hopefully you'll learn something at the same time.
0: Well, we're, we're so, extremely excited to have you on. Yeah, um,
2: Absolutely. And uh Again. Uh, again.
0: And this time we're gonna record it so that other people <laughs> can share it. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, that was a nice webpunk. Yeah, that was just our podcast. Yeah, it was That's just creepy. our little getting to know <laughs> you yeah. session, which I really yeah. enjoyed.
0: And yeah. I, yeah, I did think we said we said loads of really amazing things
1: which uh, we, um, we did actually, and I tried to remember some of the things that I said, so we, but it was like a fortnight ago. So listen, if we
0: not if we didn't say if we don't this time we don't say anything amazing, then rest assured that we definitely can say amazing things, it's just that you didn't get to hear them. <laughs>
2: Um, I think that's I think that's totally legit.
0: So, Andy, yeah. why don't you tell us what um what we're here for?
2: <laughs> yeah, so we're here to talk about The Handmaid's Tale in general at a very high level, but specifically season four, the most recent season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was made under some of it was made under maybe all of it was made under COVID regulations um, during various stages of lockdown uh, during this pandemic that we've all been living through. Um, so. It's really just because we wanted to talk about this because I think this season is quite different to pre- previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Partly because of the pandemic shooting restrictions, but also because it goes in some interesting to some interesting places. Um, I, it kind of gives you some closure on some things, finally.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> which is interesting because it, Handmaid's Tale has really gone out of its way to not do that thus far. Puts you through the ringer and then just continues to put you through the ringer and doesn't give you any sense of um, hope. You just look at, at June's
0: all. face a lot. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually, no. I might sit really close to my camera throughout this and just <laughs> just stare really aggressively. You just look like you're suffering to Elizabeth. Yeah. Ross. I, yeah.
2: I think that's cool. Yeah. Straight straight into the camera, <laughs> and look look angry. <clears throat> it would be like an episode of The Handmaid's Tale. So yeah. um, so Hannah. Uh, When I contacted you, you mentioned that you're not a massive fan of The Handmaid's Tale. Can you talk about that a bit more?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I was a fan of the book. I read it when I was 18, 17, 18, something like that. And I was a big fan of the book. And I did think the first series was incredibly good. And I think the second series was equally good. I would say that's not always a good sign because second series should be better. You know, some of the best series ever made of television are the second series of something. So the second series should definitely be better. And it wasn't. It was just equally good. And then I suddenly it suddenly dawned on me somewhere towards the end of the second series that what I was essentially watching was another Walking Dead (laughs) because I just couldn't see where the end was. So it was ultimately always going to be delaying an end. And avoiding getting to an end because it needed to build tension, but then equally not kill its main character and then not really provide any resolution. And so I started to lose interest a bit. I didn't watch the third series until I was in lockdown, which is an indication that I, you know, of how (laughs) things got very bad indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd been quite bored and I thought, oh, I'd never watched that. I'll watch that. And I wasn't impressed at all with it. Right. Right. And certain elements of it started to grate on me. The big musical tracks, the sort of, uh, the, the endless close-ups. And and uh, it had started to grate on me. And then I watched the fourth series because it's my job to review television. And I had heard, sort of, of the rumour mill that there was a change. And I wanted to see what that change was. And so I watched it to the end. Um And I was glad because now I can talk to you about it from that point of view. (laughs) Yes. But so it's been it's been a slow dwindling of affection for The Handmaid's Tale. I think it's the book itself is tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's a fault with things like this. And I would say also things like The Walking Dead and, you know, plenty of other things, Snowpiercer, whatever, that are on at the moment is that. They kind of, they turn into The Road, don't they? They're just two people bleakly walking into the future, not knowing what's going to happen. Now, we
2: talked about that last time, yeah. <clears throat> the Road is a film of which I have a great deal of affection for, even though it's, for most people, maybe one of those most bleak things they've ever watched in their life. But I found it to be profoundly moving, but I couldn't imagine watching that for four seasons. Yeah, absolutely agree Have you read there. the book? Yeah. No, I, I should do. You yeah. should.
1: Cormac McCarthy's a terrific writer. Yeah. Like, genuinely terrific. Yeah. Um, I really um, enjoyed it. I mean, have you ever read The Blood Meridian?
2: No, I've heard of that as well, though. Yeah. Come
1: on. Blood, Blood Meridian <laughs> is one of those uh, uh, probably like top five books that are okay. everyone is saying. Uh, I mean it's probably one of my top 5 books actually but I would say it's also probably one of the top 5 books in the list of people going why have we never had an adaptation of this and it Really it's, it's just, that good. It's just yeah I mean there is one coming but it is mm-hmm. it is right. it, it, it. it's, it's, it's difficult to adapt. Right. So right. we'll wait and see what happens but right. um, yeah.
2: I'm currently reading just to digress slightly Project Hail Mary um by oh the man who wrote The Martian who oh, I can't remember the name of now. Oh I know who you mean. Which is very yeah. good. And it's yeah, very good. Andy Weir, Weir. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, the Martian's a excellent. great book. Yeah, it is yeah, it's fun. terrific. Project Hail Mary is kind of similar. It's first person narrative. The, um, yeah,
0: the book yeah, about good. the moon, which is the, yeah. I think his second one, Artemis, is awful. <laughs> oh really? It's okay. truly awful. It it it's from the point of view of a woman, and there is a line in it which says, which literally is, "I am a girl," and that's approximately the quality of the. Um, it's right. quality. Uh, yeah, getting inside character avoid, that he, he's doing through the whole book.
2: Want to recycle as fire? Not recommending. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me as well. We've all we've all had colds on top of yes. colds yeah. that we were recovering from.
1: Actually, um, I'll probably be coughing a lot less this time than it was last time. Oh, okay, <laughs> that makes feel any better. time so, recording again. So I think like, but we're
2: sidetracking. I yeah, think yeah, what
0: I you. should do uh, is. Talk a little bit about what happened in the series and then let, that'll inspire us hopefully to um, yeah. give our yeah. thoughts.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I have some thoughts. I have some mm-hmm. different thoughts about Janine from the last time that we spoke. Oh, wow. so. oh
0: Janine. Mm. I know. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I've, yeah. I felt quite disappointed with Janine this time. Like not with, okay. you know, I mean with uh, like she, her making wrong decisions, not, you know, not with the acting or anything like that, but with the character. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens okay. in this series, at the beginning of this series, is that June is um, hiding out at Esther's house, and we
2: met... Esther's a new character. We met yeah. her
0: right at the end of the last season or something? I don't remember her at the end of the last season. Wasn't she the wife? Wasn't she a wife? Yes. A very, a very young, young wife. wife yeah, very um, Who was like very trapped in her situation and... and so we wake we, we wake up and June is at esther's house Yes,
2: yeah, she's injured <clears throat> from the end of the last season we've We've now established that June is indestructible yeah um she's been through so many she's been injured several times um been through so many things, and she just keeps on going
0: and the important event that happens in this first episode is that there is a revenge killing, so we find out more about Esther. Um, that she was abused by lots of her husband's friends and things like that, and raped.
2: Yeah, it's pretty pretty dark stuff, isn't it?
0: And mm. one of them comes by the house and gets killed by them. Well, well, June it, specifically, June very strongly encourages Esther to kill him. Yes, as revenge, yes. which yeah, is like a pretty, forward. That's echo.
2: pretty dark. It's a forward echo, yeah. <coughs> yeah, of what's coming?
1: She's um. I mean I I'm I'm not quite sure with that with yes, you're right that I'm not saying I'm not quite sure that you're not right. You are right on that. But with 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 young characters in this, right? Young children are absolutely ter- terrifying. I mean it mm-hmm. comes from that whole thing that happened under Mao, doesn't it? You know? Or it in uh, in Cambodia, the idea that like young children are are, are among the most zealous of all. Mm-hmm. Um, so although I, I was full with sometimes with The Hamish salad, this is a good example of it. Although sometimes I feel like it hangs around in certain places for too long. At other points, I feel like it could have done more mm-hmm. with that. And I do think the element of her being uh, young and mm-hmm. therefore sort of less controlled, less measured, uh, but also more steeped having grown up around it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I hope... I hope in the future they might do a bit more about sort of young adults in this. Wouldn't yeah, well, that, <clears throat> that character survives to the end like of that. this season. So, yes. um,
2: so hopefully she'll be back um, Yeah, next year, which would be great, because I think that character's got a lot more to offer um, yeah. in terms of vengeance, which is where we're heading, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. With this show. Oh, uh,
0: oh
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Um, yeah. So it turns out she's been poisoning her husband Um and and that's why they're able to be safe at the house because he's out, He's kind of out of action. And.
2: Yeah, she's not trying to kill him. She's just keeping him docile, isn't she? Um, with with whatever she's poisoning him with, which I I think is it digitalis, something like that. It's um, I well, know that would kill you. That would give you a heart and from the
1: plants you... or something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but June, then we all know <clears throat> it. It's like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like entrained in us, this, this witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. That we could just look in, a, in a, any average garden and just say, yeah, yeah, let's grind those together. I could use that. Keep him sedated. Now, my, wife, my
2: wife's an artist. I did mention this last time, but I'll mention it again. And <clears throat> it, this month is Bloomtober, um, the month when um, artists uh, draw plants. And, and this month is All Poisonous Plants. So every day she posts a new poisonous plant to Instagram. Um, so she's done a whole bunch. Well, Sharing whole the knowledge. Really. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're great pictures too. I bet. She's very good.
1: I bet. I once worked in a, a Cambridge a botanic garden. Um, uh, I had a period between jobs and I was bored and I thought, that seems like a nice place to work. <laughs> yeah, And, uh, um, people come and ask you a lot of questions about plants and somebody was asking me about Penny Royal once oh, yes. and uh, and and she said, oh, what do you know about it? And I said, they used to use it for abortions. And then I thought, wow. I probably shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> that, that, doesn't, that probably wasn't the conversational nugget. Here. I mean, you could take the feminist out of the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> she will reappear in the <laughs> Botanic Garden every so often. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, it's fascinating. There's so many plants that can,
1: yeah,
2: either kill you or incapacitate you quite badly. Yeah. fascinating stuff. Anyway, such anyway, as so, much this poisonous plant yes. thing is really
0: interesting. <clears throat> that was only the first episode, um, but yeah, how did we feel about um, encouraging the young lady to kill the man?
2: Um, I think June is is beyond the point of any rational thinking now and uh it's just basically kill them all that's her seems to be what she's thinking
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah she's gone beyond any kind of um well i'm not gonna say redemption because she's been through so much but i don't think she can be talked out of it anymore by anybody but she's
0: not just in this series she's not just interested in killing them all she's interested in getting everyone else to join in
2: yeah
1: absolutely yes. i agree yeah yes
2: in fact that that's addressed by her and janine when yeah. when they escape in the milk um, train truck. Milk tanker, yeah. Milk tanker, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, that's Mark Comeau's aeroplane station that he once called an airport because he couldn't (laughs) remember what it was (laughs) called. Um, uh, And Janine says, the only reason we're here is because of you. Not in a nice way. It's like, I could be somewhere else rather than sitting in a fetid milk tanker.
0: Yeah, so so there's so much suffering at that milk tanker. They're, yeah. they're so cold in there. It's so awful.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's terrible.
0: We jump they head.
1: also waste a shameful amount of milk.
0: Yes, A shameful amount, yeah, mm-hmm. that could feed people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So after yeah. Esther's house, they, um, we move on to the Jezebels, where again, yes. June takes revenge by persuading someone else to help her poison all the commanders who are staying at the Jezebels.
2: Yes, she persuades one of the... You have to remind me what the cooks are called again because I can't I can Martha's. remember. One of the Marthas to um, poison them. Yeah, with the same drug that the commander's been poisoned with. But not to incapacitate them, to actually kill them with it. So lace the food, lace the drinks. Everything's poisoned, basically. So she kills them all and then she gets captured. By Nick, who's returned. By Nick. Oh, um,
1: charismatic Nick. Yeah. Mr.
2: <laughs> Mr. Charisma. <laughs>
0: she really likes him. <laughs>
2: She does really like him, and it, you know, I know that that's a plot point, and that they can't really do anything about that. Um, but uh, well, it's I mean, hard they could to have
1: cast someone, cast somebody that else. had some chemistry with her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, he's back.
2: Uh, so she gets captured,
0: but not for long. Um, well, she escapes again. But yeah, so before she escapes, she she gives up the location of the other handmaids.
2: Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Not
0: because she was tortured, because she's indestructible, um, but because they threatened <laughs> yeah. Hannah.
2: Yeah, no, that's quite powerful. Mm. Yeah, and that's the first time we've seen we've seen them try to use that um, that leverage on her to get information, because they know that she won't give up anything if they torture her. It's pretty she's mean not what they talk.
0: Do to her. Yeah, it is. They put her in a room where she can see Hannah, and Hannah can see her, but Hannah is just scared of her and.
2: Well, I think Hannah's maybe forgotten who she is. Yeah,
0: maybe. She looks pretty dishevelled, and um, they never say anything. You just know that that this is a threat.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So she gives them up, and then <clears throat> it looks it. It seems like her and the other handmaids will get captured. Are going to yeah. be taken to handmaid hell. So they're not going to be given to. Um, to families anymore, they're just going to be taken to like a breeding center, a farm, right, yeah. basically. Uh, and uh, but she's not having any of that, so <laughs> they escape again. And Aunt Lydia seems to be indestructible as well now Yeah. she's been well, that beaten is the up go down the stairs and.
1: That's the problem. Everybody's got some plot armor on because everybody loves Anne Dowd, and why would you get rid of her? Because mm. she's amazing. She is yep. amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, same question with Emily I mean Emily should be dead yeah yeah on about three different occasions Emily should be dead (laughs) that's right so I I just can't believe that she's not really I mean again nothing against Alexis Bledel she's good yeah and Emily's an interesting character but it's the kind of the need to ratchet up the tension that um you know every bullet that we saw going into I'm not saying that this is what happens in this but it's that that sort of a team effect of oh Mm -hmm. I thought they were shot in the uh, in the chest, but it appears to have gone between their arm and their body. You know, that's when it, when it goes to the next one, so it, it yeah, it, it's. But again, it goes back to that sort of narrative corner that it's, it's not painted itself into it. It's just by existing, by saying we're going to do ten seasons of this, that narrative, um, yeah. corner has has, has <laughs> appeared.
0: So Aunt Lydia, is the person that makes me the, the most sad. Because, a number of times throughout these several series, she's clearly seen like quite how bad the things she's doing really are, how much they make people suffer, and uh, many several times she's appeared to waver. And yes. every time she's just doubled down on doing the wrong thing.
2: I was just going to say that phrase. Yeah, that's what she does every time.
1: Her, her other her other option though is is death isn't
0: it go it's, to the wall yeah
1: yeah or 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 you know she'll go to the colonies won't she lydia i and mean go and work and die and go and yeah. die or, yeah or, so.
0: but i could imagine her doing some like secret mercies you know like not not undermining the whole system but just like for example in this janine that says please don't let me be a handmaid please get me to the colonies or something I'm not sure where she says that but anyway she asks not to be something like a that yeah and and aunt lydia could have just quietly kept her as an assistant or sent her to the colonies or something and she just doesn't that's the doubling down thing right she's just like nope i'm still doing the evil thing
2: but she's under a bit of pressure isn't she aunt lydia because she mm. she got relieved of all of her powers yeah. then she yeah. managed to get back in by doing a deal with um commander lawrence let's talk about bradley whitford in a minute oh, but my. um she did a deal with him, so she's back in the good books. But she's under pressure because yeah. the other, <clears throat> the others don't really trust her anymore.
0: Yeah, no, that doesn't really make much sense either. <clears throat> she should be back. I, and a, why would she want to be back? Couldn't she have found a quieter corner?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't find her sort of. I hate using the words like plot arc, but you know, I don't find her arc particularly satisfying because. The thing about bad characters is you like bad characters to start off bad, right, and then become better human beings, yeah. a la Jamie Lannister, or you like people to start off good and end up bad, a la Walter White.
2: Walter White, <laughs> the,
1: yeah. That that sort of <laughs> yeah. like heart monitor thing <clears throat> yeah. that Lydia does is really frustrating. Yes,
2: yeah, it is frustrating. Yeah. So let's let's talk Mad Men for a moment. Let's talk Don Draper. Mm-hmm. No His problem. Story, His story arc is he pretty much stays the same throughout the show. Yeah. He's a womanizer. He's a boozer. He's got serious, serious issues. They never try to humanize him or make us feel sorry for him in any way whatsoever. Mm. And I think that's really brave, really brave storytelling from a show. They don't try and make the bad. He's not a bad guy anyway, but
1: they never try and.
2: No, he's not a good guy. No, Absolutely. And the same for Pete Campbell. You know, Pete Campbell's yeah. a weasel, but he stays a weasel oh, now, throughout the I love the Pete show. Campbell. You Pete love Campbell's, Pete Campbell.
1: Yeah, Pete Campbell is actually, I find quite sympathetic um, yeah. because he shouldn't be. He's, um oh, this is a diversion. But Pete Campbell is basically, like, is actually a way better person than he appears at the start. And he's right. really, really, really good at his job, which is actually quite, actually sort of, a thing to argue for his corner, but he's actually, of all of them, the one that's not racist. No, like, he's not, he might is he? seem like a, yeah. but he's not racist and he's not half as sexist as most of them are as well. He's actually way more progressive. It's just because he's really posh and he went to a private school, he's really easy to hate.
2: <laughs> that's true. He is easy to hate. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. is 100% true. No, that's a good point.
1: The episode yeah. where he and, um, Jared Harris have a physical fight in the offices oh, amongst so funny. my favourite hours of television ever <laughs> in the world. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, it really is funny.
2: And, and mainly because Campbell thinks he's, you know, he thinks that he can fight this guy who's like a public school boy and Jared Harris just hands him his ass. Yeah. yeah. He really does. <laughs> and and uh, it was quite amusing, really. Yeah. 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 It was completely wrong. Series. Yeah completely wrong of course yeah what yeah. happened anyway yes we we do we digress
1: massively I really yeah. Elizabeth Moss
0: yeah. um so yeah yeah so yeah so uh, she, there, she reveals the location they escape because for some reason people don't think that they're going to try and escape by just like overpowering a guard but they do no of course not
2: I mean, it's not very well guarded that um no like, but then that, they
1: also anyway. like don't get rid of him they allow him to be able to yeah yeah uh, shoot
0: at them. And then, shoot yeah. at them.
1: Why don't they take his gun off him or something?
0: Yep. Yeah. Then there's the, the biggest um, jump scare moment of Handmaid's Tale history when, as they're running away, a train takes out two of the handmaids.
2: Oh, that's pretty shocking. Mm. Didn't expect that. I thought maybe even more. <clears throat> I thought it was three or four, actually. No, it's just two. Yeah. Is it just two? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, that's what Wikipedia <coughs> says. <clears throat>
2: Okay, Wikipedia must be right.
0: There's four of them, and June and, and Janine made oh, it. Oh,
2: okay, so yes, okay, Janine and June made it. The, the others it, get it, shot and stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, so there are more. Right. But uh, the train yes. only takes out two, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, because yeah. then the trains trap them on the other side of the yeah. track, As not That's it? It? Yes. right, okay. so that's how yes. they actually
0: manage to get away. Yeah,
2: so they get away uh, via the um, milk tanker that we've already talked about
0: which is they get
2: away to the um to near chicago which is currently in a state of civil war yeah they get to the usa yes Mm. yeah which looks pretty grim to be fair i mean maybe it looks like chicago
0: looks now i don't know (laughs) (laughs) looks
1: like detroit looks now detroit looks
2: now (laughs) yeah yeah, sadly yeah so i felt Um, like
0: the filling in of history that like this is the usa is a thing that exists and that and the The fact that it becomes a lot more concrete, i maybe in the book it always was concrete, but I didn't like that. You know, I liked the fact that that Gilead was a sort of a metaphor in a way, in my head. And then it became like an actual place that there used to be the USA, and it it sort of lost some of its magic for me a bit.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: So there's still, yeah. Because we knew they existed because we heard Oprah Winfrey play in Bruce Springsteen, which, um, in a previous series. Oh. Uh, when she manages to find some free radio station coming out of
2: I do not remember that do you know, she, um,
1: I think yeah. it's the one where she had the baby and right. she was in that in that mm. house and she got into a car and the car radio was working and she turned mm. on the radio and Oprah Winfrey was on it playing Bruce Springsteen playing yeah, Bruce. which we is about the most American thing you can think of in <laughs> it of is isn't yeah. Yeah. You know, it we definitely really knew is. it
0: existed but yeah, yeah the more concrete <coughs> it looks, the more the more disappointing <clears throat> sorry listener coughing a lot now <laughs> So yeah, they're now they're now they're in Chicago, and yes. there's a very difficult situation where the um, one of the one of the military commanders or someone in Chica- Chicago, military leader of some kind in Chicago, says they can stay, but only if they give him sexual favors.
2: I mean, that was so dodgy. I think
0: um, it's it's bad,
2: obviously bad behavior. I mean, is that a metaphor for saying these folks are? Equally bad as everybody else is, and treat women as badly as everybody else does. They just don't do it in a kind of systematic way that Gilead does. Um, I mean, surely, I'm, I'm you guessing, know. yeah. You
1: get yeah. Or oh, power corrupts everyone eventually. Mm-hmm. Power corrupts everybody, yeah. yeah. I but guess so. It's
0: all about June, really, isn't it? So it, it June says, sends Janine away and says, OK, I'll do it. And then she can't do it. And Janine goes and does it and is totally fine with it and actually starts yeah. having a relationship with him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and actually seems quite happy.
1: Yeah. I think um, that's why I find I find June quite grating. Because <laughs> because she's such a martyr. She really is such a martyr. She's, oh, Janine, I must save Janine from it. Poor Janine can't do this. I must do it because all of the weight of the world must be carried by me, June. And then she's like, No, I can't do it, which is fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Right, and then Janine's like, "Yeah, <laughs> Um Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, she she annoys me when she's like that as a character, when she is the martyr.
0: Mm. Yeah, we don't get yeah. we don't get much chance to to think more deeply about Janine, do we? Janine is always she's just around and sort of an innocent who gets damaged. We don't Repeat, spend much time in Janine's head.
2: No, we are witness to what. To her outward behavior, yeah, absolutely. So, mm. <clears throat> is Janine the one who threatened to jump in one of the seasons? Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. So she's really been through the ringer, Janine. Yeah,
1: uh, she she also mm. um, got sent to the colonies, I believe. Yes, she did. Janine yeah, got taken back. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. I mean, I can yeah. understand why she says to her, "I'm here because of you, and I've had enough of this." You know, it's um, I can understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because like yeah. yeah, it appears as if Janine has sacrificed nothing when in fact Janine has sacrificed, you know, actually her autonomy in many ways by getting involved with June. It's like yeah. you've you got to do what I say. Um yeah.
2: So there's more yeah. of that later on in the series, um, where June influences other people's thinking mm. in maybe a negative way. Um But yeah, so the two of them I'm trying to think now, they get involved in a um there's an airstrike... strike. Yeah. on Chicago. They get separated.
0: Yeah, so Commander um, Lawrence actually negotiates a ceasefire. so we think, oh, maybe he's a good guy. And then the, the other commanders sort of undermine what he's done by ordering a bombing, a huge bombing raid to go in just before the ceasefire. And the immediate consequence of that for our plot is that June... And Janine are separated and June get, meets someone from her old life and gets rescued and persuaded to go to Canada, which was a huge surprise.
2: Huge jump. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was not expecting that at
1: all. <clears throat> I think they um, should have done it way earlier, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Earlier.
2: Yeah, series two probably. Yes.
1: Just just way earlier. I mean it had like it it made everything that had gone before it in this series kinda pointless. Mm. Yeah. And mm you know all of the torture like like that horrible stuff that happens to her in, in that second episode when they get caught the sort of the almost sort of torture porn level or misery porn mm-hmm. level that it had descended to and now um and then it was like oh yeah by the way get on a boat with uh, with Vod from Fresh Meat and you're done <laughs> <laughs> now
2: at, at all points um when she's on the boat um the other folks on the boat say we shouldn't take her she shouldn't be here we could get in serious trouble um, but they managed to convince them to take her along and then um, <clears throat> when she's questioned by one of the soldiers she just can't speak and uh, she gets away with it which was somewhat improbable um, given how brutal those people are uh, then we just say, well, sorry, we don't believe you. But she makes it. And then for the entire time that she's in Canada to the end of this series, every episode that she's there, I thought she was going to get arrested and taken back to Gilead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because that's what The Handmaid's Tale does to you. It, yeah. it doesn't let you get too used to people being comfortable.
1: The whole thing kind of starts to remind you of uh, when you see the insulate Britain people at the traffic lights, <laughs> and uh, people are dragging them out of the road, and then another one will crawl they just back, go back in. Yeah, like, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, so she makes it to Canada, um, but meanwhile, Janine is still in Gilead and has had a uh, another reunification with Aunt Lydia. Oh, um, yeah. but along for the ride is Esther who's been um, who's now a handmaid so she's gone from being a wife to a handmaid she's been basically demoted
0: yep. so and so Esther is on hunger strike and <clears throat> refusing to cooperate with the regime <coughs> and Aunt Lydia persuades Janine to persuade Esther to just behave and put up with it
2: yes now I had a thought about this I this thing in that I think I thought that maybe Janine was trying to undermine Aunt Lydia. And on the when we when we talked about this before, I think it was um either either Andy or Hannah who said, No, no, I think Janine is fully on board with wanting to please Aunt Lydia. Oh, that's she all, wants, she, wants that's all she wants to do. That's well, all yeah. she wants to
1: do is well, all yeah. she wants to do is please everybody. Jeanine, everybody. I yeah. would say. Yeah. Um and 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 she's just desperate for love, isn't she? Yes. And However, that arrives, even if it's from the former... Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff I could say about, you know, domestic abuse and coercive control here and things like that. Mm. Yep. I mean, yes, it's believable that, um, that L- Lydia has essentially groomed Janine yeah. um, to be her... Her, I sp- her replacement, I suppose, could be where, where that plot goes. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, it's very possible that Janine, either because you know, she doesn't quite understand what (laughs) the world, which I think is true, but also because she's, um, will do anything for an easy life, which we have (laughs) seen earlier. Um, yeah. And for, for love and affection could likely end up an aunt.
0: And Aunt Lydia does offer love. That is consistently, that is what she's, (laughs) she's told the, the people she's manipulating that, that she's doing. And
2: Hundred percent, yeah. So if you if you do everything that Aunt Lydia says, although we've never seen that happen on this show, but <laughs> presumably if you do everything that Aunt Lydia says, she gives you conditional
0: love, yeah, um, for as long as you keep doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So now the series moves into Canada, and the and Fred and Serena are there, and there's a court case going on, and the relationship between June and Luke, her husband is
2: distant and frosty. Painful. Yeah. Yeah, it is painful,
0: yeah. And Luke does Luke does nothing wrong at any point. He gives her as much space as she needs. He continues to be the kind of faultless character.
2: Although somewhat dull (laughs) She seems to go for the dull ones. Yeah, I mean she
0: certainly does. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't really go for Luke, right? I mean well, how would you describe their relationship? Frosty. Uh,
1: Yeah yeah it seems a bit um aloof mm-hmm. yeah on sort of on both of their parts i mean he does he does actually come across as i think like just a crashing <laughs> a crashingly nice bloke who's yeah. read the uh a dummy's guide to what happens when your wife leads a sex cult type yeah. thing. <laughs> and uh and he's yeah. trying his best, but I have to say her relationship doesn't seem right with uh, with either Emily or What's her name? Samira My, Samira Wiley's character.
0: Yeah. Serena? Or...
1: No. Uh, oh, they're friends. Her friend? Right, yeah, I can't remember the she, names, yeah. What is she yeah. called? <clears throat>
2: yeah, she seems... I mean, th- they've had some time to move on, I think. Yes. And they're trying she to hasn't.
0: move on. Yeah. yeah. And she is not trying to move on. So no. she's
2: stuck in a moment and actually doesn't want to get out of it. She wants to carry on being super angry and... Um, and convincing everyone else to to be the same as she is. Um, but there's some other stuff that's happening here. That Serena's pregnant. Yeah. And the father is Fred da, Waterford. Da, da. <laughs> yeah, da-da-da. <laughs> Indeed. Doof, Fred Waterford. Doof, 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 doof. <laughs> so um, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean...
0: Is it, or is it just another thing? C- no, I think it is interesting. Okay.
2: Because um, it... In in the book and in series one, she uh, she convinces Nick to um, give her a baby um, because it's not working with, and maybe she knows that they've had previous handmaids and it hasn't worked. Mm. Um, so uh, it is interesting that it's his because well, we, we've also been given th- to I believe. I also
1: think within the mythology they're not actually supposed to do it,
2: right? Husbands oh, really? and wives. Yeah. Oh, they're not. Okay. I think
1: it's seen as a bit unseemly.
2: Right, right, right. I see. I okay.
1: think, from what I can remember. It's well, all I all guess because they're bags. not
2: in Gilead anymore, then, then yeah. you know, they have been doing that. Where so. <laughs> that's where the magic <laughs> happens. That's where the magic happens in Canada. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's all the maple syrup
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so, blackface. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, the um, well, last time we spoke, Hannah, you pointed out. Inadvertently pointed out to me and Andy that that Andy and I had both forgotten the fact that there is a very disturbing scene where June forces Luke to have sex with her, mm. um, completely against his will. Um, it struck. What struck me most about that conversation was Andy and I hadn't really thought much about that scene, even though I we'd kind seen of blanked
2: it. it from my memory because it was so shocking.
0: Um, yeah, and I wondered whether it it was because of our innate bias. It wasn't as shocking as a rape scene. Uh, Maybe. the yeah way around. Yeah. Um, or whether mean, by, we were just too what, awkward about it.
1: Oh, I was going to say, uh, do, do by, innate, by, by innate bias, do you mean willies? <laughs> is that what you're by saying? By big men. Yeah, big men. men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. mean um, um, willies. Yeah. Well, no, I
0: mean yeah. our whole society's bias, not necessarily just men. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I found it I found it interesting. I think we had this conversation before, but yes, let's repeat it again. I sometimes wonder what The Handmaid's Tale is actually saying. Yeah. And in scenes like that, I wonder even more what The Handmaid's tale is saying, what the message is. Um, obviously the message is that she's really fucked up. Um, yeah. So because That's
0: the only message that's already done, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> we know that
1: though, don't we? Also, it's not a defence obviously, yeah. and you would hope that a woman coming out of the experience that she's come out of would be treated sympathetically as a character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wonder where they're trying to take this but it's also i mean leading to the conversation about what she then does afterwards i mean female anger is one of those things that you're not supposed to show you know it's a very male it's a very male sort of um emotion to have and you know there is a a a general idea that women should be allowed to be angry and that's Mm -hmm. great but women shouldn't women aren't men generally as a rule and don't react in the way that men react to stuff generally as a rule so you know beat encouraging other people to beat a man to death which is basically where we're going with this at the end yes we are yeah um yes i could understand yes i can uh, sort of understand why why sometimes that or more why that might happen because and by saying i understand i mean I can't possibly imagine what what you're supposed to have, what emotions you're supposed to have, you know, when you come out of a situation that June has been in. But at the same point, I thought it was a slightly odd message to send because I think revenge is, um, yeah, it's such an interesting topic, isn't it? But it's really quite unappealing. <laughs> it's one of the most horrible things to look at when it happens when you see it happen. Yeah, it, it's yeah.
0: Yeah, I, that question of what is this series trying to do is really really important to me because it like there is absolutely something interesting you could do about saying um it, like people are angry just like, literally just saying people are angry when bad things happen to them but also um saying you know, it's okay to be angry, you know, if the series could have set out to say right, this this season we're going to Have a clear message it's okay to be angry or some Mm -hmm. other thing like that but june's character is not okay and it's not acting in an okay way so what are they trying to say
1: i don't know because they're actively um sort of undermining what samira wiley is saying which is i think sort of received wisdom which (laughs) is you work through it um Yeah. yeah and and it's worth pointing out again that we are none of us are its target audience, I don't think. I think mm-hmm. it's even if its target audience wasn't um teenage g- girls and women in their twenties, that, that is who's watching it. Right. And I wonder Yeah, I, I wonder get knowing how teenage girls obsess about stuff. That they really enjoy like this, and how many blogs there are, everyone exp- everywhere explaining what what this must have meant and what this was for, and why did June behave the way she behaved? I sort of wonder. I do. I I wonder. I literally wonder what the message is because I haven't worked it out. I literally haven't worked out what this series was supposed to be telling you.
0: <laughs> no. When you said that when we spoke before about target audience, I I said I thought that I had been I had thought I was the target audience, right? Because I thought essentially. The audience was essentially the Canadians, right? People who, people who were like all trying to be nice and stuff, yeah. you know, like Luke or someone like that, and yeah. and and you're right that it, Jacinda Ardern, <laughs> yeah. So it's yes. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that's its target audience. So but so then then the undermining is interesting, right? So if it's saying to someone like me in the audience, you're kind of pathetic liberal. We should all try and get over this or be nice to each other. And if you're nice enough, eventually people can heal. Like, that message is stupid. But what is it giving me as an alternative to that?
1: Because I think it takes place. You can't separate. uh, With with a series that is as political as this is, I don't think you can separate it from the context in which it takes place. Yeah. And there is a a, a national and international conversation currently taking place about sort of, you know, like cancellation and you know, f- a sort of mob action on Twitter and mm-hmm. how we speak to each other politically and the sort of the quality of mercy and all of those things as seen mm-hmm. in places like social media. Okay. And and I think I'm actually swimming against the tide in that sense because I think that people should be given the opportunity to apologise and be forgiven. And that's not a really a very... Um, popular opinion at the moment. Now, obviously, there's a difference between someone who tweeted something outrageous, apologising, and someone who subjugated you as his like, <laughs> like sex maid for like seven years. But I think the sort of comparison sort of is the same in that sense, isn't it? What we're saying to young people is, what will, we, what, what will we accept, and what, what punishment should we dish out to people?
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this comes back to the thing I said earlier, which is that. The folks in Canada have had some time to move on and heal from this. <coughs> June has arrived um, freshly angry and is not having any of that. And uh, she's
0: determined not to heal, but yes. to express her anger.
2: Express mm. her anger. And she, and again, she convinces people uh, to, to help her to express her anger.
0: Yes. She's very much mm, yeah. about getting other people to do that, to pile on in the... Yep. Yeah literally pile on, know, on somebody yeah,
1: yeah. So, um I, yeah i think one of the, on. i don't know what you were going to say so if it's no. on this subject say it and i'll stop
2: no go ahead okay
1: um i think is it one of the plot points that i thought was quite interesting in this and actually was something that made me go "Huh." you know there's something i hadn't thought about was the expansion of the narrative within Gilead outside of Gilead, and there was that moment right. when the Waterfords were bringing a crowd, mm. essentially. Oh, yes, yes. And and I thought, well, well, that's that's interesting because I don't think America is in any way unique, and mm. I think having seen how social, sort of how cultural, how I mean, we've always been. The whole world has always been impacted by American culture, even if you take Mm. that from the idea of like that they had a constitution. But certainly since uh, the 20th century, we've been very Mm. influenced by them. So um, I suppose that 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 interested me. And I thought that would be an interesting thing to go. What if Canada fell to? Do you you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? Which mm -hmm. is kind of likely given Mm -hmm. how much how much well, I'm going to call them social contagions, spread Mm. nowadays, Mm. you know.
3: Yeah,
2: that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, they draw a big crowd who are really supporting them, um, which, of course, they love. They're lapping it up um, outside the courtroom.
1: Because it's worth, I think sometimes you have to sort of remind yourself that this is about an an intractable problem Mm -hmm. that they have. They haven't just decided to make women sex slaves. They've done it. Because the birth rate is absolutely plummeting.
0: Because it's all gone, Children of Men.
1: Yeah. Yes. God, yeah. Children of Men is so much better than that. <laughs> really tell. Children of <laughs> Men is
0: really really good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah
0: it it so is. is is was season one just a Trump thing, and is it over now because Trump is over?
2: Oh, Trump That's isn't over. Trump isn't over
1: by any means uh, I also don't think he's over okay no. yeah I think he might win in 2024 but that's I a, think he a, could that's yeah. another conversation for another day um uh yeah yeah I mean probably yes I think that um you know the arts much as I love them they have a knee-jerk react uh relationship with politics in that sense you know Especially yeah, let's reflect the world around us. Especially when stuff as crazy as, you know, yeah sort of as Trump getting elected or contextually Brexit happening here or, mm. you know, there being a a massive pandemic. Um so yeah, that's the point. Because that's kind of a lot of the question with, with where was America gonna go when Biden got elected? Who are you gonna rage against now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. You I do think we should probably rage. start wrapping up now. Yeah. Um, but just some thoughts on Bradley Whitford. I know we talked about <laughs> this last time, but, you know, we we bring out, well, I, at least I do, my, my baggage of the West Wing with me <laughs> to Bradley Whitford's performance in this. Um, and uh, I just can't <clears throat> square it with the fact that he's not playing a good guy. Although he loves his wife and um, he does some good things, he's still out for himself, isn't he, this character?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> He, Commander does, Lawrence. he does seem to um have his he's got his head down hasn't he he's like yeah how do i survive this but then again at other points he he, he seems quite machiavellian and involved and yeah but he again he's like, Is he a good boy is he a bad yeah. guy is he a good guy and yep. it's like it's this sort of exhausting up and down yeah. with him same same with serena yes,
0: yes. same with serena yes. it's weird like, isn't it yeah there's no arc in, for any of his characters, it's just like, oh, maybe they're going to be good. Oh, no, they're not. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Is it just the constant rug pull of, is this person going to do a good thing? Oh, no, they're not going to do a good thing. But Commander Lawrence
0: <laughs> definitely leaves me the most feeling the most condemned because I'm constantly thinking, what would I do in in, in different people's position? And I, yeah. I imagine myself in his position and think, um, yeah, maybe try and be nice here and there but not get caught.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. don't be a rapist. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, at the very least, he's doing that. He's I mean, definitely
2: on board with that, which is yeah. good. Um, but he has done a deal with Aunt Lydia in this season. Yeah. Um, so she comes to him and says, I know about all the stuff you've done, and I'm going to tell everybody. And he says, Well, I know plenty of stuff about you. So why don't we do a deal? You don't tell anybody, I won't tell anybody, and we can help each other, which seems doomed to failure ultimately. Mm. given that she's more more of a zealot than he is. But he's more powerful than she is. He's like an architect of
0: this society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And he could just say, well, she's lying. She's got to prove it, you know?
0: But he's not that powerful either, because people sort of suspect him, don't they?
2: Yes. They know that he's a bit of a lefty liberal, and um, yeah.
0: They saw so the West Wing. he might get caught out. <laughs> they saw
2: the West Wing, yeah. They're like, it's that guy from the West Wing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am um, see. I don't come to. I don't come with that baggage because I don't like the West Wing as okay. well, Yeah, um, I haven't seen all of it. So, yeah, but from what I watched of it, I didn't. I didn't like it so much. So I didn't watch it. So he doesn't come with that sort of baggage with me. But he does seem rather like that sort of thing where where it was a guy. So you know, you've got a friend in her thirties and she tells you like she's going out with this guy who's in his mid fifties, and you think, oh my god, why? And then you meet him and you go, <laughs> oh, actually. He's all right, no, and that, see he that, seems yeah. exactly that. He's that guy. He's the surprising older boyfriend of one of your friends. You can't <laughs> quite work out if he's a good guy or not, but you can kind of see what the attraction is.
3: Yeah,
2: he's a pretty attractive guy. Yeah, yeah, charming, definitely charming. charming. Yeah, yeah, intelligent.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, probably has like good red wine. He's
2: well read. He wears nice clothes. Lives in a nice house. It looks a bit yeah. cold.
1: Not Obviously, a racist.
0: He comes yeah. through whatever political scrapes with his life and with his family safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Renna, right. will we'll, yeah. we'll, is there a way for this if you could write season five, could you redeem Handmaid's Tale?
1: Um well I would definitely bring back the uh the internal monologue, um, because I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um and it was and a lot of the humour came from it and I feel like it could it could do with that again. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I much prefer knowing what 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 she was thinking than sort of inscrutable face, which is kind of <laughs> what you get things. a lot of the time. Yeah, kind of um, happens a lot in the crown as well, presumably because we don't know what the queen thought. So it's just like inscrutable <laughs> face. And you're like we really don't know what I that mean, is.
2: Doesn't the queen just think, "What do you do? And have you come far? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Shall I stroke a dog or go for a walk? <laughs> hmm. Which one? I think I'll stroke a dog. yeah Yeah. always so what about the political
0: message of it could it could that
1: be redeemed um yeah i mean i think i i think i i mean i genuinely don't know because i i also haven't read the testaments so i don't know where it's got to go i also Mm. don't know how much sort of leniency there is between what's going to happen now and what's gonna um Mm. what happens in that so um i'm not sure i could but that said i'm sure there are many talented people who could have a good crack at the whip but i think it needs to um focus less tightly on june i think it 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 needs to remember that um you know we've invested some time in janine and mm. aunt lydia and you know moira that's, mm. ca- oh, that's yes. these the character's Great. name yeah. so it would be good to sort of spend some time i mean i know you can't necessarily because it's called the handmaid's tale it's about june but um i feel like sometimes it has a a sort of a flexible relationship with its wider universe and i suppose i'd like to see it a bit more but more tightly
0: because i can't give up on things i really wanted to just come back with season five and explain what all that ambiguous stuff in season four was about (laughs) and then like the politically i mean Right. like what was the message and then i can be okay with it is it
1: okay for me to kick someone to death i need yeah. to know
0: <laughs> yeah i need to i need that to be properly sorted out for me yeah, yeah. Um, all right well thank you very much Hannah. so it's been no, a very real, a massive pleasure to talk to you twice um, at the end um, of our podcast we generally <laughs> do a um have you got anything to plug Section. Have you got well, only
1: those only those three po- po- podcasts that I plugged earlier. Standard issue, uh, The Drunk, and What Are You Making Me Watch. Um, and I think that's about it. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll link to them. Sorry. You can talk to me on Twitter if you want. I am at ThatDonLevy if you want to answer the question of whether or not it's okay to kick someone to death.
2: <laughs> I think it depends if they're a Nazi or not, really. Oh,
1: yeah. That is I mean,
2: a whole different It's a whole different – somebody always does that, says, well, it's okay if it's Hitler, so, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you telling really. me
1: people talk about – people use Hitler in arguments on Twitter, yep. Andy? I don't believe it.
2: They go straight to it, don't they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: like, you, there's no ambiguity. You are basically Hitler. You're, well, I'm basically not, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got something to. plug. I don't have anything to plug myself, but I want to plug my wife's art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So if you go to um, Society Six, which is a place where artists sell their stuff, her um, her page is called Cockerill Art, and she's very good. She's she's seriously into red pandas and uh, Stella, uh, like suns and moons um, not type just designs. Yeah. Uh, Celestial, Celestial right, Designs. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but Red Pandas, uh, if you like Red Pandas, and who doesn't like Red Pandas, yeah, frankly? that's fair. There'll be something there for
0: you. So um, there we go. Awesome. That's my plugging. Well, just to say again, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on our little podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been fantastic to have God, you. Please Maybe let we'll... it have recorded. <laughs> Hopefully it recorded. <laughs> And uh, it will be wonderful to speak to you again someday. Mate.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. Um, maybe not my Tell Series 5. No, we'll maybe do something not. else next time. Maybe something you yeah. like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you especially for doing it twice. We really No, you're appreciate- very welcome.
1: I literally would have just spent the last hour sitting, waiting for Succession to start. So you have, uh, <laughs> you've you given me something to do, if not. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that all the washing up?
0: Alright, well thank we you. We should
2: put that on our on our strap line,
0: I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, The, the good road by Andy's
2: It's good to have something to do. <laughs>
0: it's
2: good well, for them to that, have something to
1: do. It's that or the washing up. <laughs> or the washing
2: up. It's that or the washing up, yeah. So you could do both.
1: <laughs>
0: cool. Thank you very much. And thank year, you we'll see you next time.
1: Take bye. care. Bye bye.